God and welcome each other to church. If you're joining us online, thank you. Hope to see you guys soon. Those of y'all who are watching this in your vacation lodge somewhere, uh, see you guys soon. It's good to be in the house of God today. Uh, how many of y'all are glad to be in the house of God today? Come on, you've got some friends here. We're thankful. My wife and I are thankful for the last two years that we've been able to build some friendships here. You know, not only with the youth, but those that have graduated, graduated to, to uh, uh, Bible school, different universities, and, and things like that. Those, will be, those youths will be friends forever. And then there's the young adults and, and the rest of y'all. Uh, thankful to God for the friendships that uh, we have here. If you are wondering what my sermon topic is going to be today, it's, it's going to be about friendships. It's about community. It's about this uh, union that God built since the Old Testament. In the New Testament, we really see in the book of Acts what God wants to do with people who believe in Him, people who follow Him, people who honor God. It's to build friendships. It's to build connection, deep connection. I'm not, not, I'm not only talking about Facebook friends, guys. I mean... We're talking about Facebook friends. I have like, if you ask me how many friends I have on Facebook and Instagram combined, it's probably, you know, close to 3,000 people. But not every one of those people I can call at 3 a.m. And, and, or, or I could, you know, hey man, I'm carrying something really heavy and I need a hand. Lately we've, uh, you know, you know this from my last sermon, we... Uh, updated our kitchen and torn, torn down a wall, put new uh, cabinets in. And I was, I was able to find a deal on a quartz, like, a, like, you know, not one of those fake ones, but the real quartz. And so we have a big island that took 12 people to put on, and I called my friends and friendships. That's what you need friends for. I mean, you can't labor on your own. I can't take my wife and take a 1,000-pound quartz peace. I needed friends to do that. And so Ben is one of those guys. <laughs> like, hey, hey, Ben, I need, I need a hand. I have six people. I guess we can, we can do it. So it was sketchy. I was like, oh, I don't know if this is going to work out. But friends are for labor. Friends are for your soul. And what we're going to see today in the story of the prophet Elijah I'm not talking about myself today, but there's an Old Testament prophet in the 9th century B.C., uh, one of the most powerful prophet of God who ever lived. The prophet Elijah is, is, is one of the biggest, you know, is MVP prophets, you know, public minister of God in the Old Testament. He's done some amazing miracles, signs and wonders. Some, some of the best things that God has done is through the prophet Elijah. Yet he finds himself in a place where he felt friendless. He felt lonely. He felt discouraged. He felt disappointed. Have you ever been to a place where you felt lonely? Felt like your friends weren't really there for you. I want to talk about friendships today. The power of of community and friendships. How are my friends doing? I've wondered this question recently. 
You know, I, you know I, I'll be honest with you. This sermon is for me. I'm not really the, 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 the good, that good friend who, like, checks up on people regularly. Sometimes it takes a while for me to realize, oh, I haven't talked to that person in a long time. I need to take a call and spend two hours just to catch up. And so I'm working on this. And so just realize that I'm not just preaching at you. I'm preaching from the word of God is wanting us, all of us, to learn. And so how are my friends doing? I need to catch up on friends I haven't seen in a long time. Because you, they might not tell you, but they're, they're going through some stuff. I mean, the world is crazy, and, and, and life is hard. And so, again, we're going back to the purpose that God wants for his people is to be in community, is to be able to connect to each other when, when, when there's so much disconnect in the world. Proverbs 17, 17. A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. And back in the Philippines, you know, third world country, there were gangs everywhere. I was grade five, and I had, I was one of those guys who had a few friends, only a handful of friends, but those friends would die for me. Like, they would take, you know, they would, they would fight a whole crowd, and one of the times that uh, I was in a fight in grade five, and this is crazy because people would stab each other in the Philippines, like grade five gets grade six. It's, it's pretty rough. And so one time I was walking around with my friend, there's only two of us there, five of us as close friends in, in, in a whole school of, you know, 10,000 kids and, you know, each room would have like, you know, 80 kids in each. And um, one time we were just walking around and there was a gang of, of, of grade fives and six and sevens and eights. And so they were bigger than us and they were part of a gang and they would haze people and they would do all kinds of gang things, you know, elementary level, but this is Philippines, so it's, it's, yeah, these people can stab people. And so one time, I bumped into one of them, and um, I was one of those guys, I was always fearless. I wasn't afraid to, to, you know, go up against big guys, and, and yeah, I said, see you later at school, at, you know, at, at the gate. Um, that's always the, the place where the fights happen. Lo and behold, there's after, you know, it was 3 p.m., 4 p.m., after school, 200 people on the streets. I have five good friends. There was 30 of those kids who were part of that gang, and they had, they had weapons. I had a little moped, like motorcycle, because that's what I took for school, you know. Uh, didn't even have a license to be able to do that, but that's what I did. It's the Philippines, so, you know, take it for whatever it is. My parents allowed me because, you know. And it was um, my friends were willing to, to get hurt for me. You know, we knew that we couldn't deal with 30 of them with weapons. I took my moped while he was trying to fight them off and push through the crowd. We went on and escaped back to our little farm. And so I lived in a little farm in the Philippines and, and uh, close to the outskirts of that city, and um, friends are for fights. <laughs> well, let me talk to you about today, because it's not the same as the Philippines. Um, maybe it, it, it's more like 
world is crazy, life is tough, I need friends. I need to be able to vent out, you know, <laughs> lament some things with friends, mourn with those who mourn, enjoy life together. You see, we're, we're looking at the prophet Elijah. Again, not me, the prophet, the great prophet of the Old Testament. In Hebrew and in, in Greek, it was Elias, and in Hebrew, it was Eliyahu. See, if you want to call me in, in Greek form, it's Eliyahu. That's, that's uh, how you pronounce my name. Elijah. Uh, we're going to go through um, a little bit of, you know, just speed boating on chapter 16 of 1 Kings uh, 17 and 18, and then a li- focus a bit more on chapter 19. We are going to go through the ministry of Elijah. As God uses him all around Judah and Israel, God is going to use this prophet to uh, get rid of idolatry, Baal worship, sensuality, all the, all the things, that, the evil things that the people are committing. God was using Elijah to preach, to prophesy, and to even issue a drought issue and socioeconomic distress on the land so that people will finally, hopefully, finally get, the, uh, get, you know, get focused on what they need to get focused on. And so in, in chapter 16, you know, Book of Kings, the Book of Kings is a book that uh, goes through, um, you know, the historical uh, side of Israel's the kings and the leaders and the political people that were important during the time and God would evaluate each king according to God's standard whether they did good in the eyes of the Lord or they did evil in the eyes of God and so he evaluates each king he evaluates Omri he was evil Zimri he was evil Ela he was evil and then Ahab is the king that Elijah directly deals with and so here's what uh, the Bible says about King Ahab, in the 38th year of Asa, king of Judah, Ahab, son of Omri, became king of Israel, and he reigned in Samaria over Israel 22 years. And Ahab, son of Omri, did more evil in the eyes of the Lord than any of those before him. He not only considered it all trivial to, uh, to commit the sins of Jeroboam, son of Nebat, but he also married Jezebel, daughter of Etbal, king of the Sidonians. And he began to serve Baal and worship him. Set up an altar for Baal, for Baal in the temple of Baal that he built in Samaria. Ahab also made an Asherah pole and did more to arouse the anger of the Lord, the God of Israel, than did all the kings of Israel before him. The most evil king that has ever lived in Israel, that has served as king. And so God would deal with him through Elijah. That's what happens in, in 16. And so, out of nowhere, without any background story, without anything that we know about Elijah, in chapter 17, he comes into the scene. And God uses him to command the weather to not produce rain. There's going to be drought for the next few years. And so, chapter 17, now Elijah, the Tishbite from Ahab, sorry, from Tishbe in Gilead, said to Ahab, As the Lord, the God of Israel, lives, whom I serve, there will be neither dew nor rain in the few years, except at my word. And so, going through chapter 17, Elijah travels around. Elijah issues the call for drought. 
Elijah is fed by ravens. And so all along, Elijah was going around. Elijah had servants, mentees, people that he was teaching about the word of God. But most of the time, Elijah preferred to be alone. He didn't, he didn't really enjoy, you know, f- friendships. I mean, he was fed by ravens, sent by the angel of the Lord. I mean, who, who, who in the world has that kind of um, meal, uh, you know, schedule? <laughs> Nobody. Only Elijah. He was special. And yet what made Elijah special is going to be a point of weakness because he has enjoyed kind of alone times, being alone and not dealing really with a lot of people. And so he at times would be alone and feeling alone. He does more miracles in chapter 17. He raises a, the son of a widow. Um, and so that's, that was, resurre- you know, resuscitated resurrection uh, miracle that he did. And this was in the Old Testament. And so the power of the Lord was fully operating in Elijah. He was obedient to God. That's the secret. And so if Elijah, the prophet Elijah, got anything right, is that he served the Lord with his whole heart. And, and uh, we're going to see how the obedient Elijah in chapter 19 would actually start to go down a little bit into a place where he was discouraged and he starts to disobey God. And so Chapter 18, he fights the prophets of Baal. He goes against Baal, and, and um, God is dealing with the idolatry of, 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 of Israel, the leaders. And so he challenges the prophets of Baal into a showdown, and he uh, goes into uh, kind of the savage mode. He was even mocking uh, those people because they were calling out to their God to bring fire and so uh, at, at the point where it was getting to nighttime, Elijah was saying, maybe your God is busy. Maybe he's on the toilet doing his business. And so he was mocking them. That's how savage Elijah was. I mean, he just had full confidence in the Lord. And when the time came for him to bring down the fire, he prays to the God, the living God of heaven, and fire came down from there. We'll keep going. Next slide. After a long time, the third year, the word of the Lord came to Elijah. Go and present yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain on the land. So Elijah went to present himself to Ahab. After the drought that he issued a few years ago, now, now is the time that God is going to fix something. Hopefully, people have learned their lessons for a time. We might be going through some turmoil too, socioeconomically. I hope that you will trust the Lord. I hope that you will be sustained by God because all throughout this process, all throughout these years that God issued the drought, Elijah was sustained by the Lord and the people of God were sustained by God as they trust him. And so there was a servant there, another character in the story, Obadiah. He was a servant of God who was actually a political figure. He was uh, an officer in the palace uh, of Ahab. And so you might be wondering, hey, do, do we have anyone here who wants to be a politician? Um, this is a person who, who was serving in the palace of Ahab, 
but also was saving the prophets that Ahab and Jezebel were killing off. And he would feed them and he would do, uh, he would give them safety. And um, this is what he did. He kind of played the game, but he was a servant of God. We need more Christians in anywhere, any place in in the world today. And so, y'all, any politicians coming up here, you're a Christian, honor God wherever you are. Um, It's kind of a dicey topic. I I get it. But here in the story, we have a politician who's also a Christian. Abadiah went to meet Ahab and told him, and Ahab went to meet Elijah. Keep going. When he saw Elijah, he said to him, is that you, troubler of Israel? That's Ahab. I have not made trouble for Israel, Elijah replied, but you and your father's family have. You have abandoned the Lord's commands and have followed the Baals. Now summon the people from all over Israel to meet on Mount Carmel and bring 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah who eat at Jezebel's table. So Ahab sent word throughout Israel and assembled the prophets on Mount Carmel. I mean, Elijah's confidence, amazing. Let's keep going. Verse uh, 30. Then Elijah said to all the people, come here to me. They came to him and repaired the altar of the Lord, which had been torn down. Keep going. Elijah took 12 stones, one for each of the tribe, descended from Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord had come, saying, your name shall be Israel. With the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord, and he dug a trench around it large enough to hold two shears of seed. He arranged the wood, cut the bowl into pieces, and laid it on the wood. Then he said to to them, fill four large jars with water and pour it on the offering and on the wood. And so after them calling for uh, helplessly uh, for their God, it didn't happen. Elijah pours down water, kind of boasts about it a little bit, and says, here's my God. Here's the living God. And so the people, at the time of sacrifice, the prophet Elijah stepped forward and prayed, Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let, let it be known today that you are God in Israel, that I am your servant, and I've done all these things at your command. Here's his prayer. And God answers, look, answer me, Lord. Answer me so these people will know that you, Lord, are God and that you are turning hearts back. Again, I mean, isn't that our prayer for our, our political system, our, our leaders in the world, our, the countries that are, that are in chaos these days is that God would answer us, that he would turn their hearts back to him. But is that what happens? Is that what happens? Not really. <laughs> the, the people of God, um, they, 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 they see all this and they glorify God and they they, yeah, the God, they proclaim the God of Israel, he is God. But then the political leaders, nah. They were bent on their evil ways. Let me just encourage anybody today, if, if, if you're looking at what the world is doing, the evil in the world, God still wants to turn hearts back to him. Personally, for us, I don't know what sin you've committed. Back in 16, chapter 16, if God evaluates your life, will he see the evil that you've done or sin that you've done, that you've done or that you've honored the Lord in your life? I don't know what you and I have committed throughout this week. 
whatever sin, whatever failure. But God wants to turn your heart away from sin and toward Christ. Today is the day that God is inviting us from his word to turn his heart, to turn our hearts back to him. Is there any discouragement? Because of so many things that are happening in the world, happening in your life, are there any guilty conscience that you're dealing with today? See, God turns the heart of the people back to God, but there are others who didn't. God answers Elijah's prayer. He gives victory to the prophet and all the people repent. And after this mountaintop victory, the prophet begins to get tired. Here's, here's really where I want to focus on today. Verse 44. So Elijah said, go and tell Ahab, hitch up your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. This was after the, the victory. He is telling Ahab to go. Meanwhile, the sky grew black with clouds. The wind rose and the heavy rain started falling and Ahab rode off to Jezreel. The power of the Lord came on Elijah, tucking his cloak and his belt, and he ran ahead of Ahab all the way to Jezreel. Elijah versus the chariot. Come on, this is like the original Flash. Um, many of the heroes that we know today, it, you know, they all constructed that from the biblical text. And so he's so fast, outrunning 14-mile marathon against a chariot. Come on, who can do that today? Usain Bolt, you got nothing on Elijah, you know. But then he gets tired. This is a tired Elijah. He's exhausted. I don't know if he's that old. Um, how could he run? But the power of the Lord was on him, so miracles. But he, he got tired. See, all the miracles, all the incredible things that God is doing through Elijah to win back the people. He had victory there. It's crazy to me that after all the miracles, all the signs God performs, that Elijah gets tired. See, Elijah forgets to celebrate the victory with the people of God. In fact, Elijah gets so tired that he becomes afraid. After all the things that he has done, he becomes afraid. He becomes disillusioned. And so chapter 19, that there, this is where we are. Chapter 19 says, Now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with a sword. So Jezebel sent messenger to Elijah to say, may the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that of one of them. I mean, man, she's got some bars there. I will do what you did to my prophets. You see, he defeated the prophets and he, Elijah, through the command of God, he purged uh, those, those prophets out of, out of Israel, out of this world, and killed them. And it was God's judgment against the idolatry of people because the prophets of Baal were propagating that, 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 that believers of the Lord shall be killed. And so they were met by the same thing that they were propagating all throughout the years. Many prophets and believers of God have been killed by Ahab and Jezebel, and the prophets were propagating this. They were teaching this. And so now God deals with them, God's judgment. And so with all of this, with people repenting back to God, Elijah feels like he failed. How does he feel like a failure? How does he feel? Well, it's because he got tired. It's because he forgot to bring people 
with him. He forgot to actually, you know, uh, celebrate the victory, the big victory that God has accomplished. Elijah was hoping that even the political leaders, everybody, I mean, how, how is it that every single person has seen this miracle that God answered through the fire and it was a miracle and yet what I was hoping to happen didn't happen. I wanted Ahab and Jezebel to repent too. That's what Elijah was hoping for, but it didn't happen. And so the threat of Jezebel, which he wasn't afraid before, now Elijah wants to quit. He is too tired to keep going. Ever felt like in your life, I, I dealt with this problem already. I, I, I thought I've, I've gone through this. Why am I dealing with this again? You might be dealing with a sickness. You might be dealing with, with uh, financial turmoil. You might be dealing with joblessness, with no peace during the time where you feel like you really need it. You feel depressed. You feel lonely. Elijah was feeling the, the heat of the darkness that he's feeling. He, he is in it. The pain takes you places you do not want to go. Real pain. People who become depressed are uh, lonely and, 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 and are in the dark place for a long period of time. They, first they get tired and then they get disillusioned and then they, they are trapped in that pain. And so, big prophet of God, now disillusioned, discouraged, now depressed. In all of this, Elijah tells the Lord, I just want to die. I don't want to deal with this. I don't want to deal with this, these political evil people who would not relent. I mean, the woman scorned here, Jezebel, is unrelenting. Without change that Elijah was hoping to happen in the political realm, he overlooks everything that God has accomplished. I mean, people were turning back to God. What do you do when, when things doesn't progress the way you want it to? What you're hoping to accomplish? What you work so hard to attain? What you pray fervently for God to answer doesn't get answered? See, most of the time we forget all the good things, all the amazing things that God is doing simply because it is not up to the details for which we want things to be. This is true for me. I don't know about you. You see, Elijah's prayer was answered completely. But he doesn't see that in this moment. He was in complaining mode. He was in dark mode. He was discouraged today because it's not 100%. Do you have projects you really were hoping to get done by now but still hasn't got done? I, I can relate with that. I started renovating our kitchen. Then we went to the basement. Then we went to add another bathroom. And it, I'm at Home Depot like crazy. It, the projects never stop. That's what they, you know, that, that's what they say. More seriously, are you waiting for a son or a daughter to come home? For a son to return back to God? For depressed friends who are in darkness and you don't know what to do with it except pray for them? God wants to turn that situation into a miracle. And Elijah is going to see how that happens in his life. Are you discouraged today? Hear an encouragement from the word of the Lord. 
we have a lot of lessons here, and I, I'm just going to go through them. This, these are the things that we learn from Elijah. I'm going through like four chapters, so uh, bear with me. We're going to be done here soon. Number one, beware of disappointments. The disappointments can lead to discouragement. It leads to disobedience. Elijah was not supposed to go to the wilderness. He started running away. He was, he, through the victory that he has done, the people that repented back to God, he was supposed to teach them. He was supposed to pastor those people because, because they turned back to God. They needed a spiritual leader. And yet Elijah was too tired. I'm just, I'm just going to take a hike to the wilderness. I mean, a lot of people do this. You know, they go to the mountains and they, you know, they relax there and that's what you do and it's awesome. You know, mountains not really my thing. I like the ocean, so somewhere in the east, see you there sometime. But that's what you do. You recharge. But Elijah doesn't get recharged because he was disobeying the Lord. He was not supposed to be leaving Jezreel. He was supposed to lead the people. Um, and continue to speak the words of God. What do you do when you haven't received a call from God to go anywhere else? You stay here. You get planted. You, 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 you build your friendships in this community. Number two, beware of the value of friendships. Here's why you need friends. We look at the Elijah here getting alone and lonely. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 to 10, two are better than one because they have good return for the labor. If either one of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them. Also, if, you, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm? The one may be overpowered. Two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. You need friends. You need people to share your life with. Some of you may be burned by past relationships. But let me tell you today, you need, you need friends. You, you need to keep going. Perhaps I was, this is, not, this is not said in scripture, but what Elijah is going to learn later is that he needs to be with people. He needs to lead people and communicate and enjoy uh, community together with people. Elijah, you, I, I don't know if you can tell, he is a strong personality. And God used him for that. That's his strength. He is far above the prophets of the day because he was able to not only secretly believe in God, but actually, this is what I believe. He, he, was, he was the public minister. And yet he didn't want to be with people. Elijah is going to learn here, and God is allowing him um, to go through that. Lesson three, comparison kills joy. 2 Corinthians 10, uh, verse 12, we do not... Dare to classify or compare ourselves with some who commend themselves when they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves. They are not wise. This is the Apostle Paul telling the church, the Corinthian church, not to compare ourselves with each other. You might feel like you're more superior than other people, but that's going to rob you of your joy because there are times when you will, feel, you will feel weak and you don't feel like you have your value. You don't have your identity because you are in a weak place. You see, if you, all you try to do is compete with people and be, and, and be the best that you can be. I mean, we, we need to do that. I mean, that's what we do at youth. We play games and we try to beat each other in, in every game. And so, you know, like it's kind of my fault that uh, the youth are so competitive. But at the same time, when, we, when you go through life, you actually deal with life. We need to humble ourselves before God and before each other. Comparison kills joy because you find your worth in it, 
in your superiority, sometimes in your inferiority. And that's what Elijah is experiencing here. He slip up into a comparison game. He compares himself with other prophets. He says, take my life, Lord. I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down in the bush and fell asleep. He was comparing himself to, to the prophets before. See, Elijah wanted to be the prophet to turn the whole Israel, every single heart back to God. That's a noble goal. But it's not an achievable goal because it is still up to the people. God is going to work in people's lives, but it's not up to us. It's not our decision. When, when, when people turn back to God, that's their decision. Elijah wanted the people, every single people, Ahab and Jezebel included. But that's not what happens. And so don't we ever make the decision for someone else. Either we think that maybe another person is, 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 is not good enough to come to faith in Christ. Or sometimes we, we make that decision before really it should be God. Number four. Lesson number four. Eat and sleep. Take care of yourself. Sometimes this is the reality for us. Eating in place of sleep, exhaustion. I mean, we just had a brand new baby five months ago. He's walking. He's it's not walking yet, but he's, he's good now. Like, he's awesome. Um, and uh, he's a smiley baby. But he came out, and uh, that first month, man, I thought each night would never end. I mean, I was, I was just exhausted. You go through seasons of life like this. I mean, many of y'all have experiences. Um, far more than I, I have ever experienced. But sometimes, sometimes you are exhausted. But, you know, take a nap. Sleep. Take your medicine. Get, honestly, get, take the medicine from the doctor. Pray. Meditate on God's word. Do everything that you need to take care of yourself. It's not simple to take medicines. You need that. Not too much, though. You're going to get addicted to it, so, but, but take your meds. Number five, get out of your own head and listen to God's voice. As Elijah complains and complains and complains, comparing himself, and, um, you know, he's, he's at a place where he's in a loop of complaining. You can catch yourself sometimes doing this. But God's word says today, Quit it. Quit talking to yourself. If you're in this loop, you need to stop talking to yourself. Instead, talk to who? Talk to God. This is what you need to do. Stop bemoaning the problems that you continually loop over and over. Instead, talk to God. Here's, here's what God does. Are you ready to listen to God's whisper for you today? Are you ready to obey his instruction so that you can get your peace of mind, get your life together? you're dealing with this today, listen to the voice of God. That's what God does. He shows up in different forms here, in the fire, in, in, in the water, in, in the earthquake. And all of that, it was in the whisper that Elijah realizes the peaceful presence of God is here. Elijah was able to experience the powerful manifestation of God's power but the game changer for him is that he was able to realize God cares for you. God asked, what are you doing here, Elijah? 
I need you to go back. I need you to minister to the people. I need you to anoint some kings. I need you to do your work that, God is, that, that I called you to do, and then you will have the joy um, that you need. The value of your faith community, 15 to um, 18. It says, the Lord said to him, go back to the way you came and go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint Hazael, king of Aram. Also anoint Jehu, son of Nimshi, king over Israel. And anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat, from, from Abel Meholas to, to succeed you as a prophet. Jehu will put to death any who escapes the sword of Hazael. And Elisha will put to death any who escapes the sword of Jehu. Yet I reserve 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed down to Baal, and whose mouths have not kissed him. God's judgment against those who would not turn away from God. That happens. Uh, the prophet anoints Elijah, anoints the, 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 the next kings, the next prophets that will take his ministry. And so, get out of your own head. Do the thing God has called you to do. And then value ministry, uh, community. These next prophets are going to be Elijah's best friends. They will carry ministry together. These kings that he anoints, he will lead them and guide them. See, Elijah couldn't see the people and the future that God has for Israel because he was too, he's too smart. He analyzed all the situations already. He was laser focused on the problem which propelled him to be the prophet that actually deals with the problem of the day, right? Do you have any of those people in your life? He deals with it head on. However, hyper-focused on problem-solving will drain any person, drain to the point of helplessness. That's what happened to Elijah. And so we need to step back. We need to look to God for the solutions. And so, lesson number seven, this is the last one. Value your God-given friends. Close friends, these are the God-given friends that, 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 that you know, God allows you to have the partner in life, friends in life. Really, you can't be best friends with everybody. As much as I try to, you know, go out for coffee and this and that, and that's awesome. There's only a few people that are meant to be there in the thick and thin of your life. Elijah and Elisha, Abadiah, all like these prophets together, they are, they are in the thick and thin of everything that God is doing and that they're going through life in hardships. And this is what happens. And so you can't be best friends with everybody, but find friends. In fact... It wasn't Elijah who found these friends. It was God who sent Elijah and called Elijah to be a prophet. And so Elijah is coming on later. But I don't have time to do with that. If only Elijah slowed down enough and hung out with God's people. I'm going to call the team, team up. and He would have been encouraged here as the Lord shows that Elijah, or so that God can provide for him like no other. He provides friends. He provides people. God would provide, provide a friend for you, even if you are a little prickly. Any, any prickly people here? Choosy people, people who are, who are disagreeable, you know, strong personalities. God would provide a friend for you. The challenge, like Elijah for us here, is to go back to what God wants us to do and build whatever God wants us to build. And today, if, if, if you are feeling lonely, if you are feeling discouraged, one of the most practical things that we learn from God's word today is you need friends. You need people. 
Elisha would teach Elijah how to do this. Elisha was a farmer who had a lot of people, and um, he was called by God as a prophet, but before he does that, he feeds tons of people in his life. And so Elijah is learning for the first time later in the chapter that you need to be in community. You need to be eating with people. You need to be spending time with people. And how, how do you, Elisha would have greater ministry than Elijah because he multiplied, you know, the power of friendship in his life. And Elijah would learn this. What is it that is a game changer for you today? What is it that God wants you to do? Encouragement from God's word, build friendships, and you will honor God in your life and multiply that power even more. You want more joy? You want more peace? Have more friends. Sometimes it's chaotic, but that's fine. All right, let's reflect on this song and pray. Father, thank you so much for friends, for family, for community, for new life. God, if there's anybody here who feels lonely, in a dark place, they feel like they, there's no one to help. No one understands them. No one feels like what, what they feel. Your spirit is speaking to them today to let them know that that is not true. And the way you corrected Elijah gently, may you correct them, correct us today, that you care for us, that you love us. And that as much as we can build a relationship with you, we also need to build relationship with our friendships here. Help us to do that, Lord, as we honor you, as we praise you. May you continue to lead us, in Jesus' name.